welcome back to our program as uh, we work our way through the principles and leadership uh, using Amazon as a case study. Joe Whitefield again, joined with uh, joined by Rich Wonders. Rich, welcome back. Thanks, Joe. Um, we have uh, worked our way through so far uh, nine of the uh, principles. We have five left, and we're going to try to tackle all of them in this episode. Um, a couple we've already talked uh, and we've hit on a little bit, so uh, hopefully we'll be able to get through these and, uh, and, and still leave you with some uh, some questions and some curiosities and some things that uh, maybe we've answered some questions, but maybe hopefully not all the questions. Um, the first two we're going to try to look at uh, real quickly are ownership and frugality. These are sort of uh, uh, leadership mindsets, if you will. So let me just uh, tackle this. We've already talked a little bit about ownership, but let me tell you what the text is uh, for uh, for Amazon. Ownership it says leaders are owners. They think long-term and don't sacrifice long-term value for short-term results. They act on behalf of the entire company beyond just their own team. They never say, that's not my job. Very, very significant there. Uh, And then frugality, uh, let me just go ahead and mention that one. It says, frugality, we want to accomplish more with less. Constraints breed resourcefulness, self-sufficiency, and invention. There are no extra points for growing headcount, budget size, or fixed expenses. So, Rich, ownership, acting on behalf of the entire company, beyond just your own team, never saying that's not my job. Is that is that legit? Is that real? Well, it, it has to be. It better be. It needs to be in successful organizations and successful teams. And and I would put both of these kind of in the same in the same bucket and take it take it out of a work setting. I mean again Think about your own family, your own household. Right. Um, you, 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 as a as a parent, right. you own everything that happens inside that household. You don't look at anything and go, "Well, that's not my job." Right. I mean, at the end of the day, it's your responsibility. And when it comes down to frugality, frugality again in your own household says, "Look, I've 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 every dime I spend is mine, so I'm going to spend it accordingly. I'm not going to be wasteful." I'm going to um, be creative. I'm going to use resources in the ways that give me the greatest return on those resources. Right. And 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 that's what these two things imply. Right. Is you have to think bigger than the task you're doing. You represent the company. You represent the organization, or you represent your family. And frugality says it's not an unlimited budget. Anybody can grow when you can just throw money or people at a problem. That's right. Well, I like the way it's phrased right here, and I, I was just kind of, it hit me again as I was rereading. It says, constraints breed resourcefulness, self-sufficiency, and invention. And we've already stated, you know, that necessity is the motherhood of invention, right? And that's what this is saying. You have a need, but constraints, for, for a lot of folks, a lot of organizations, constraints breed excuses, it's we, we it's the example we used earlier, Joe, when we talked about that that one of my favorite scenes in Apollo thirteen when all the engineers are sitting around a room and they own the problem and all the resources they have are literally dumped out on the table. And so they have no ability to get more resources. They have to get creative, they right. have to invent, they have to simplify, and it starts by the fact that they own the problem. It starts and stops with them. Absolutely. Well, I like those two. Uh, ownership as a mindset, frugality as, a, as one of those grounding uh, principles. We think, you know, as we've talked about thinking big and some of these other things that are, that are very challenging and, 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 and broad in nature, you still have to 
you know, be responsible for the resources and the assets. Yeah, that you and it's have. not just it's not it's not about being cheap. It's right. about it's about being smart. It's about spending the dollar as if it were your own. Would right. you spend it if you had to write the check for it? Well, there's certainly a lot of creativity associated with that. So I I, I think that's right on. Well, let's move to our our last three, uh, and I think these we've kind of saved these three for last for a, a reason. Um, I think they're uh, certainly quite interesting, but let's let's look at this uh, bias for action. Um, leaders are right a lot, and leaders deliver results. Those are the three principles we're going to tackle. So let's begin with bias for action. It says this, the text says, uh, speed matters in business. Many decisions and actions are reversible and do not need extensive study. We value calculated risk-taking. So that's your bias for action. Yeah. So, so let, me, let me comment about that. And, and during the break, you and I were talking about um, one of the concepts that, we, that, that tends to be used inside of, of Amazon is this notion of one-way doors and two-way doors. Uh-huh. And um, talks about actions are reversible and do not need extensive study. Um, as, as the name might imply, a two-way door says I can step through it. If I don't like what's on the other side, I can step back. right back through it. Yeah, yeah. And, and so the, the, the implication being is that when speed matters, and in 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 business or in education, speed usually does matter, yeah. right? So, um, and it's not often that we have perfect information. And as we've talked about, you know, having eighty percent of the information in many cases is more than sufficient to make a decision that's reversible on a two-way right. door. Because sometimes the opportunity cost of that last twenty percent may be both high in terms of time as well as real dollars and efforts. Um, And so the bias for action says, let's move. It's it's easier to direct an object that's moving than it is an object that's standing still. It's just a scientific principle, Right. right? So when you get the organization moving, when you get decisions that are being made, it's easier to re-vector those decisions than it is making no decision at all. And so that's where this notion of one and two, one-way doors and two-way doors. Now, organizationally, you will come to major decisions that 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 are not reversible, or if they are reversible, it's over many, many, many very years. High, very, very high price. It's right. a very high price, and so the bar on that decision is much higher. So therefore, you have to dive deeper. You have to have much more information, and you have to probably take much longer and and reach a level of consensus on those kind of one-way door decisions that will change the organization fundamentally or change the company in ways that can't be undone very quickly. Well, this is one of the reasons why we save this for last, because this is sort of the, this and and the the last couple are, you know, this is is where the rubber meets the road. Again, a bias for action. Leaders do things, right? We've talked about deep dive. We've talked about the analytics. We've talked about hire. We've talked about, but it's all here so that we can we can grow, we can we can expand, we can meet challenges, we can do what we're supposed to do as a business or an organization, right? So we have to be an organization of action, which means we have to be people of action, right? Right? Leaders of action. Uh, uh, so it's a it's a fascinating thing that there's a bias for action and risk taking. Uh, you you alluded to this that uh, all decisions don't carry the same weight. There are the big decisions, and there are the you know, lesser decisions. We have a joke in our house that says, um, "My wife and I have a have a, uh, an arrangement. You know, uh, she makes all the small decisions, and I make all the big decisions. And after 31 years of marriage, we haven't had a big decision yet. That's right. So, smart man. So, so we kind of understand that. But it, but in organizations and, and, and like everywhere, 
all decisions are not equal to carry the equal weight. The one-way door, the two-way door, some things are reversible, some things aren't, some things carry. So talk one more, uh, uh, if you can, a little bit more about calculator risk-taking. Again, back to, back to having an environment. I mean, it's one thing to say we, we value that, but do we really? Is that legitimate? Yeah, so, um, so it, it, again, um, one, one man's calculated risk may not be another man's calculated <laughs> risk, obviously, right? Yeah. Back to your what's small decisions and what's, and what's big decisions yeah. in the Whitefield household. Right. Um, but, I mean, again, the, the, one of the environments that you really want to create, and this goes back to speed, this notion of bias for action, but it also goes back to, you know, what are the big decisions and what are, what are smaller decisions. And, but that is, um, you know, lowering the cost of failure to, to near zero. And there are, there are many times, I think, it, even, even corporately, we'll look back at things and, and go, man, you know, we, we, these were big failures. But were you able to learn from those failures and, and leverage that experience in, into something else? I agree. I, th- I think the key there is calculated risk-taking, right? And you have to, because it, it sounds, sounds odd, but risk is the uncertainty, Right, that's that's you, know, you put that in the risk category. You don't know because you don't control all the uh, all the elements and all the variables. And so, risk is you know in some t- in some cases synonymous with uncertainty. What's the, what's the cost to gain certainty? Well, right? and so it has to be there has to be some measure of calculation or understanding about that. And and understanding those risks kind of leads you into this next yes. leadership principle, which is this notion of. Leaders are right a lot. Yes. Right? It doesn't say leaders are right every time, but it says your batting average better be pretty good. Yeah. Right? What does it say? It says leaders are right a lot. They have strong judgment and good instincts. They seek diverse perspectives and work to disconfirm their beliefs. So let's get into this. This is a very much about... Uh, uh, for lack of a better word, at least one word comes from my competency, right? How competent are you, you know, you know, uh, your experience, your expertise. I think you've got a, a thing on expertise. Uh, I think you've mentioned to me before about you weren't hired for your experience, you're hired for your expertise. Yeah, right? and, and we and we, and we talk that about that in, in the company a lot. Yeah. Um, and somebody pointed that out to me, you know, I'd been there for a year or so, and they go, look, you know what, don't, don't confuse the fact that you were hired for your expertise, not your experience. And I, I had to really stop and think about that because... Your your expertise generally comes from a lot of experience, right. but they aren't the same thing. Right. And so when you look at this idea of our right a lot, to me the most important sentence there is the very last one. They seek diverse perspectives and work to disconfirm their beliefs. Mm-hmm. This is really a uh, we talked about it earlier, this notion of kind of being vocally self-critical, this notion of you look at your team and you don't believe that their body odor doesn't smell. This is, this is really about can you look objectively at your own beliefs? Remember, we talked about if, if the ultimate objective is to get the right out- outcome and seek the truth, sometimes our own beliefs may, may be biased in an unconscious way uh, and may work at cross purposes of trying to get to that right answer. So a good leader will will seek to disconfirm their beliefs. And it's interesting that it, in 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 the in the promotion process with inside Amazon, there is an there is an entire lengthy process that you must go through to to promote an employee. But but 
one of the mechanisms that we use is is as the as the manager, if you want to promote one of your employees, Joe, um, you go through this process where you you have a pretty lengthy write up. But part of your write up also includes why you wouldn't promote that employee. Wow! And because what you're now trying to do is disconfirm your beliefs, right? Can can you paint a an equally or stronger argument that is the opposite of what you're trying to do? Well, this awareness that. That confirmation bias exists, right? That is, you know, we when we hear things and, and, and see things that, that confirm a belief we have, then we adapt uh, adopt them. They're very credible. We put them in our in our in our bank of, of good credible information. When something goes against what we believe, we discredit it real quickly because right. the, you know because we're biased toward the things that we already have a preconceived belief about. So the the fact that this it sounds to me that this sort of recognizes that 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 human condition that 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 inherent condition that confirmation bias ex- exists. So the way to snap out of it is to make you write it in such a way. Why wouldn't you? Right. right. It just forces you to not fall into that trap of happy talk, happy thing, and, you know, seek the truth, right? So they're right a lot, you know, because obviously to be a successful business, you have to be right more than you're wrong. And on the really big things, you need to be writer, right, writer, writer yeah. more than you're wronger. So uh, I think it's super, super important to, but the willingness to assess yourself, assess your team, and, 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 and to, I don't say grade, but basically to grade that, right, so that you can learn from it. You know, uh, in the South here, we have a, a, a saying about we don't want that second kick from a mule, right? First one, you know, maybe on the mule. The second one's definitely on you. So the question is how quickly can you learn? You know, how quickly can you learn? And I think that's a, a key point about uh, being, um, you know, being competent, being right. Well, and, and, and if you look, the, the, the right a lot does does talk about strong judgment and strong instincts. And just like any organization, you build up capital. You build up personal capital. Yeah. And, and the more that you, d- you deliver sound judgments, right decisions, the more capital that you build up in your organization. Right. The more that you have the ability to do things like disagree and commit. Sure. The more ability you have to... To, to make affirmative proclamations based upon your experience and your diving deep on both two-way and one-way doors. Right. Um, you, you're just building up a body of work, right? Well, this right here, I write a lot, just in the topic or the title of it might suggest that there's an opportunity for a lot of deception here. Oh, yeah, I deceived myself. I'm right a lot. or what? No, the point is to prove it. The point is to... As I as I read it and understand the pro, the point is to is to have good judgment and to and you know there's the old saying right that good judgment uh, comes from experience and experience comes from poor judgment right so the ability to learn and and, and, and to learn and to grow very quickly is, is I, I, I would imagine uh, is certainly part of at least that's the way I would read it well let's move on to our final uh, I think this is uh, one that doesn't seem controversial but I think it's 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 not controversial but it's very very important and that is we deliver. Results. Leaders deliver results. And the text says this. Leaders focus on the key inputs for their business and deliver them with the right quality and in a timely fashion. Despite setbacks, they rise to the occasion and never settle. So this is where two of my, uh, of my favorite sayings from former bosses um, um, are, are part of my lexicon. I like to use it all. I like to use them regularly with my team. Uh, the first one is uh, at, a, at a boss who used to say, I... 
I appreciate your efforts. I pay for your results. <laughs> right. Um, right. I also had another boss who used to use the phrase, um, uh, breaking five eggs to make a three-egg omelet. Right. Um, and, and, then, <laughs> and, the, and the point in that was that, you know, results can come at a cost. And this is not a case of get the results and don't worry about what the costs are. Don't worry about what the mm-hmm. quality is. That's the notion of I had to break a lot of eggs to make that three-egg omelet. And so, you know, at, at the end of the day, as leaders, we are paid to deliver results in whatever area we are in charge of in our various organizations. But don't confuse the fact that in some organizations more than others, there are style points here. Sure. Um, and it's one of the things I, I like. I like the phrase, talk about in golf, that there's no pictures on the scorecard. But... Yeah, at the end of the day, in some organizations, more than others, and you have to be mature enough to understand if and how style points matter in your own organization, right? Because there are places where how you get those results matter just as much as the results themselves. And I will tell you, inside Amazon, it's, it's it's indexed very high on the how, not just the what. Well, as I hear you talk about that, again, I think about that from a, a value perspective, right? The five eggs to make a three-egg omelet, you know, again, you know, the, the, the style points. But, again, it's about being competent. It's about being effective. It's about being all those things. And so you're, you're, the point is, is that we're not looking to luck into it, right? Like you talk about, you know, the, the golf scorecard. You know, you know, how'd you make an eight on that uh, last hole, Rich? Well, I made a 30-foot putt, putt, right? Me, say, me, say, me, say, me. So it's, it's, it's not that the point is you want to have those processes and you want to have those checks and balances and, and, and all those. I mean, a good leader is going to look to be consistent and to be innovative and all those things. But, but results aren't just, you know, whatever comes, comes, right? I mean, again, that's, that's part of it. You have to deliver results. There is... The, um, there can be uh, a lot of emphasis on results to where, you know, ends justify the means. You can do, you know, again, the non-value right. type ways that you get there. And, and I know that's not what's being suggested here, that we need to deliver, you know, proper results uh, based on the uh, based on the inputs and everything like that. But, uh, and as it says right here, uh, you know, deliver them in, a, in the right quality and in a timely fashion. So, so, so it's qualified here. You know, results are a byproduct of all these things done well, right? And, and that's why it's hard to take any one of these individually yeah. without understanding the context of the interplay of these things together. Right. Right? Because, you know, you, you look at many of these things um, as principles enable other things. And, in fact, you know, there is a, there's a lot of wisdom to the interplay of whatever set of principles that you have, whether it's these 14 or something else but the point being is that as leaders we need a set of things that guide us we need a set of things that guide our team that help our teams to frame the right mental models and then we have put the right mechanisms in place to allow those things to scale throughout our organization because kind of coming back full circles to where we started you know part of our jobs as as leaders it are to take the things that that we do well and begin to plant the seeds so those can grow in others. Right. And 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 leadership isn't isn't 
about ourselves. It's about what we do to help and support those around us and how we make our teams better. It's one of the first things that I always say when I walk into a a new situation with a new team is my job isn't to do your job. My job is to make your job easier Mm -hmm. and to remove obstacles and roadblocks for you that stand between you and success. Right. That's what my job as a leader is. And so that's what I would say to anybody listening is, is as a leader, that's our job. It's not always to have the right answer. It's not always to solve the problem. But it's to empower and scale that with the people that work with us and for us. Very good. Well, they'll conclude this uh, particular episode. And uh, appreciate everyone listening. And uh, if you will, uh, maybe catch us on a wrap. Thanks. Thanks.